0: Hey, fellow explorers, happy Halloween. We hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. What you're about to hear is a re-release of our interview with Over the Road Paranormal. They came in to do a tour of Bobby Mackey's after we did. They got to stay overnight and set up a bunch of equipment and they actually picked up some things. So listen to this episode and we'll catch you next time. Is it possible to disagree and still be friends? The answer is yes, and we are here to prove it. Join our group of badass sirens as we step out of our comfort zone and onto our soapboxes to sound off on our latest adventure. We might not always agree, but we will always love each other. Welcome to Siren Soapbox.
1: Hello, fellow explorers. Welcome to a very special episode of Siren Soapbox. Thank you for tuning in today. Our next topic that you can participate alongside us to get you out of your comfort zone is wilderness survival. Go to www.sirensoapbox.com and click dive in and explore and you'll find out more there. Today, you can participate with us by sharing your ghost stories. So get in that chat, let us know what you've experienced. Back in July, the Sirens got a unique opportunity to explore Bobby Mackey's music world as a private group. It is known for being the home of Hell's Gate, Today we're going to talk about what we discovered. We are very proud to announce that we have our first official YouTube video and it's all about our experience at Bobby Mackey's. You're going to click on the link in the chat or check it out in our website later and you can check out all of our video evidence there. While we were there, there was another group that investigated Bobby Mackey's that night. We have over-the-road paranormal with us tonight to talk about what they experienced after we left. <laughs> Did we rile up any ghost activity for them? We'll find out. But first, our sirens are going to get on their soapboxes to discuss their experience that night. And if their soapboxes have changed on ghosts uh, since July. If at any time the conversation gets too intense, our safe word is... Mango. Mango. So, <laughs> First up on her
0: soapbox is Murph. Thanks, Elsie. I had so much fun ghost hunting with you girls, first of all. I just need you to know that. And I felt super brave when we got there. And that faded as we uh, started our tour. (laughs) I was a bit freaked out by that place. When we were in the basement, I was so ready to see an apparition or hear a kid laugh in that super creepy room with all the toys. (laughs) But Nothing really. We did get some responses on that ghost scanner thing on my job. But when we got home and we saw some footage that Jack had picked up in a live photo in a live photo and Mark and I were kind of shocked by that. It's all in our YouTube video. Um, more recently, we heard a laugh that we're kind of curious about. We're not real sure if it's mine or something else. But I kind of want to go back and take another tour. It's only like 20 minutes away from my house, so I could go at any time, really. And now, what you've all been waiting for, I am not possessed. I haven't had (laughs) any weird experiences with a spirit that followed me home from Hell's Gate. And I'm still looking forward to meeting Johanna or Buck at Bobby Mackey's sometime in the near future. Sara, what about you?
2: So I had a lot of fun at Bobby Mackey's. But I don't really know if that had to do with our ghost hunting adventure or more to do with the fact that all the sirens were recording together. Plus it had been such a siren soapbox filled day starting with our siren photo shoot and ending up wandering around together in the basement of a haunted bar with some of our boys too. So as I talked about on our Bobby Mackey episode even though I don't believe in ghosts I really can get creeped out in the dark. So I was a little worried at first about going into the basement with all the lights out. While it was pretty creepy, especially when we were using the radio to hear spirits or the thingamajob, as as Mercer eloquently called it, um, I, I didn't get too creeped out, but that's probably because we were a pretty big group, you know, safety in numbers and all. It may not be clear in the video, but I stuck pretty close to Bill the whole time. I can even hear me thanking someone for letting me grab their shirt at one point. So maybe I was a little more creeped out than I'd like to admit. Uh, It was also pretty damn creepy looking at faces at the walls, uh, being shown photos, showing ghost-like things in the picture. Of course, we were in the dark and in the basement while looking at that picture, so not surprising that it creeped me out. As to whether or not the experience changed my mind about ghosts, I don't think so, question mark, (laughs) question mark. Uh, Seriously, I, I still don't think I believe in the afterlife or spirits that haven't crossed over, but this adventure did remind me about just how damned creeped out I can get in the dark <laughs> and in dark haunted basements. So with that on to Jess.
3: Thanks Sarah. So I also am not possessed that I know of. <laughs> yeah, you'd <So> say that. <laughs> day for that. Um, I, I don't think it changed my mind on ghosts. There was one time that I Thought I might have heard something in a back room, but it could have been spiders because they said there was lots of spiders down there. And that's what I was really scared of because spiders are a big nope for me. I think the spirit box <laughs> as apparently it's now going to be called, was kind of weird at times, but it also said that it's just picking up radio stations like could be if, you know, if we weren't far enough down in the basement, mostly I was just excited to get down in the basement because it was really, really hot. And I was outside all day with the sirens and that was so much fun, but I was very, very hot. So I was ready to get down in the basement to cool off and was kind of hoping for one of those chills as something goes through me that they were talking about, because I'm pretty (laughs) sure it was about 150 degrees in there. So That was really my thoughts on it. I was actually kind of hoping to experience something, but as far as I know, I didn't. So with that, on to LC.
1: So has my opinion on ghosts changed since my first soapbox on ghosts? Not really. I still believe in ghosts and demons. I'm not sure which is which, or if they're all demons. In recent years, I have become more of a casual observer. I will take pictures. My pen just moved on its own. And I don't know why it did that. <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs> we know who got the possessed. We know who exactly,
5: writes. Exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> oh, wait for my soapbox. <laughs> So I take Um, pictures and I walk around in areas that are known for activity, but I don't talk to them anymore or provoke, which we discovered that night that depending on who you talk to, there are different definitions of what people think provoking a spiritual being is and what results will come from it. With that being said, the night of the investigation, I was pretty disappointed in the lack of evidence. We did hear some names on the spirit box or thingamajiggy as Merck called it, I forget what it was called now. Um... Two were most definitely not my name. It was the gatekeeper paranormal investigator's name, Laura, not Lauren. And (laughs) we we heard the name Carl three times, and he was the caretaker there for many years before he passed. To me, the spirit box is not very good evidence, Um, I think, sometimes. I I think people hear what they want to hear, and I guess the same could be said about pictures, but I'm more of a visual learner, so... For me, photographic or video evidence is much more convincing. However, <laughs> when I was editing the YouTube video on this experience, which was a ton of fun to do, by the way, I loved it. Um, my editing software crashed on me, not once, not twice, but three times. And want to guess what part that was at? It, it was when the spirit box didn't say, Lauren. <laughs> it was really creepy. So the first time it happened, I was adding the caption, Laura, definitely not Lauren. And it crashed. I was like, huh, that, that was weird. Later on in the video, Laura said, said again, and I go to add the same caption. And keep in mind, this is in a different section of the video, and it crashes again. And I literally sat there and stared at my computer and I'm in shock for a couple minutes and I'm like, okay, did something follow me home? Is it coming through the video? And then a few hours later while doing the final edits, I realized I misspelled definitely in the Laura, definitely not Lauren caption in the first section and it crashes again. At this point, I freaking got up and ran out of the room. And uh, so my opinion has changed a little bit on the spirit box. Pictures are still where it's at for me and go figure. I spent many hours scouring over photos and videos. We did catch something by the stairs to heaven and by those doorways. Weird stuff always happens for me around doors. Um, Not quite sure what we caught. Maybe our guests can help figure that one out tonight. But with that, on to TC. I
5: was really looking forward to being locked at Bobby Mackey's at night, maybe. I was opposite of Murhaj. I was very scared going into it, but felt braver as the experience went on. But I was honestly pretty scared. I was even worried about what might happen after the fact. Happy to also announce that I am not possessed. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is the closest I got to Mango, I think. On the other hand, it was super fun to be in the same room recording our episode face-to-face for the very first time. Our goal is to get ourselves out of our comfort zones, and this episode definitely accomplished that for me. Even so, when it was time to leave and we saw Over the Road Paranormal coming in with all their professional gear, I suddenly wanted to stay. I can't wait to hear what they discovered. Over the Road Paranormal is both a research team and a video production company with an emphasis on documenting the scientific results of the hard work of dedicated investigators around the world. Over the Road Paranormal was originally founded and created by Edward Janowski several years ago. On October of 2018, he decided to take it further than he ever had before. Over the Road Paranormal is meant to be an avenue of discovery in all areas of the paranormal with a focus on hauntings, UFOs, alien encounters, and unclassified creatures like the Sasquatch with team members and investigators of various experience levels, equipment techniques, religious, cultural, and historical, and ethnic backgrounds. Over the Road Paranormal will be collecting, examining, documenting, and presenting evidence, not only to other paranormal researchers, but to the scientific community and the general public. Their mission is conducting unconventional research with the scientific goal of changing the perception of paranormal investigations from being more pseudoscience into serious theoretical research. And so with us tonight, we have Edward, the founder and president of OTR Paranormal and lead investigator and over the road truck driver, former US Senate candidate U.S. Army National Guard veteran, USAF veteran, and an ordained minister. We also have with us Jean, the lead investigator at OTR Paranormal and small business owner, app developer, and consultant. Did we forget, Sarah? Sarah, did you do your soapbox? Yeah
0: she sure okay
2: would. yeah I just saw you raise your hand I thought maybe we forgot you I wasn't sure what you were doing I'm sorry <laughs> oh I'm sorry I just anyway heard about, about the minister thing and I'm thinking there's going to be a wedding at Bobby Mackey's but move on go on <laughs> okay
5: so thank you so much you two for being here we're hoping that you will take us back to July 26th at Bobby Mackey's and tell us what you discovered while exploring who wants to go first
4: I was going to let Ed take the lead. All
6: right. <laughs> well, thank you for the very wonderful, warm introduction. Thank you for inviting us to your show. And uh, hello to all your paranormal enthusiasts who happen to be tuning in. Um, I want to throw out real quick that Gene is also the founder of a group called uh, Para Atlas, which is, uh, they uh, specialize in research for paranormal activity. So if you guys come across the case, you need more information. Get a hold of Jean at Perry Atlas, and she'll dig into it. She'll dig you up some stuff you won't believe that she can come across. Um, she's the the biggest asset my team can ever have is, is Jean and, and, and Perry Atlas. Nice. Uh, um, also, uh, you know, not to knock anybody, but you know, we do we do investigate for a scientific purpose, unlike a lot of other groups that do it for for entertainment value. So we're not necessarily going to come up with the same experiences that everybody else is. And so, you know, that's like your official disclaimer that, you know, we may say a couple of things that you don't agree with, or we see things a little differently than, than you know, somebody else may. Um, okay. I've had a lot of online battles with uh, some of the uh, so-called celebrity experts. <laughs> so um, I, I have you know, been blocked by a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been blocked by a lot of them, too. <laughs> just because they don't like to hear what I have to say um but uh um, Bobby Mackey's it was really nice meeting you girls there at the at the uh, at Bobby Mackey's it was it was and you could have stayed TC we would have we would have put you to work
5: it.
6: <laughs> <laughs> um it was uh Actually, we have to kind of go back a little bit because we started investigating Bobby Mackey's before we even got there. We uh, stopped, on, stopped in at the library. And actually, I'll let Jean kind of fill you guys in on that stuff because we did a lot of research on a lot of stories about Bobby Mackey's, And uh, she can fill in a lot of the blanks on some, some stuff that you guys may not even have questions about yet, but you'll, uh, you'll yeah, find I'll out. Be, some interesting uh, stuff.
0: I'm excited <laughs> to hear this because... What is that noise? I'm excited to hear this because there are so many conflicting stories about the things that have happened to Bobby Mackey. So I'm excited to hear you about your research, Gene. There absolutely
6: is. So I'll turn it over to to let her fill you in on a lot of the history and, and some of the uh, misconceptions about Bobby Mackey.
4: And that's why Para Atlas was born. We're looking to provide accurate research and make it available immediately to the people who need it. There's a lot of teams out there that either, they go by word of mouth. They have to do their own research or they hire out this <clears throat> a historian that would need to do the research for them. And the problem with that is a lot of these people are getting conflicting stories. Um, the current stories uh, revolving around Bobby Mackey's is, of course, it started as a slaughterhouse. Um, it became a... Uh, the Latin Quarter later on, and and for a long time it was a roadhouse, it was always a bar. Um, Johanna is a very famous figure there. And also the Pearl Bryan murder in 1896 is attributed to Bobby Mackey's. And unfortunately, a lot of those stories are not true. Now, while there were slaughterhouses in the area, to date, we haven't found any evidence of one being on the property. Um, as far back as we are able to find, there was a distillery on the property that um, first it was the Robinson and Company distillery as late as 1873. That's what it shows on those maps. And then it goes on to be the old 76 distillery. And they made what, what they called old 76 whiskey. Um, that distillery actually had an accident that caused an explosion and that distillery blew up. Um The embankment across the street from Bobby Mackey's actually has bricks embedded in it still to this day from the distillery explosion. Hmm. Now, the distillery is actually the reason there's a well on the property. And there's not one, which is the famous one underneath Bobby Mackey's, but there's actually three. And that's because they pumped water up to make the whiskey. And they also let things flow back down what was called hot slop. Uh, would flow back down to the river, which actually caused a polluting problem. Uh, it, would, it was polluting the water, making it unusable, and it was killing the fish in the river. Um, from a distillery, it became the Bluegrass Inn. And from the Bluegrass Inn, which is one of the earliest, not only hotels and um, restaurants there, but it was also the Yorkshire Club, the Latin Quarter, the Primrose Country Club, And it changed hands so many times, but it always had a violent history. It once belonged to the Cleveland Four, which was a very famous crime syndicate. Um, And eventually it gained the nickname the Bloody Bucket for all of the murders, the suicides, and mysterious disappearances that happened on the property. So Johanna's story is attributed to the Latin Quarter. She was said to be a dancer there, and she was also said to be the daughter of Red Masterson, who took over the Latin Quarter when he moved Buck Brady out. Well, Red Masterson did not have a daughter named Johanna. Johanna Jewell, as her name has been mentioned, there's no record of her at all. The story, however, of Johanna poisoning herself came about in 1914 in Covington. There was a Johanna Reagan who poisoned herself. But she was a housewife in Covington. Um, There's no relation between her and the Latin Quarter or any um, period in time in which Bobby Mackey's stood. So that's the only mention of a Johanna we can find. Uh, So the Johanna story is unsubstantiated. Another big one that's attributed to Bobby Mackey's is Pearl Bryan. The the murder of Pearl Bryan would have been the trial of the century had it not followed on the heels of the Lizzie Borden trial. So even as famous as it was, there's never mention and the trial records, all the testimonies are public record, there's never any mention of that area The bar in which Scott Jackson and Alonzo Walling spent their time was actually in Cincinnati, right across the street from where they lived, and also was near where Pearl Bryan's head was found in 1907. A lot of people like to tell that it was flushed down the well and never found. Well, no, it was buried on Fairfield Avenue between where her body was found and where Scott and Alonzo were boarding in Cincinnati. There's no tie in the trial whatsoever to Bobby Mackey's music hall. That's not to say spirits haven't wandered over or been communicated with in the area, but the stories of her being beheaded and her head thrown down the well, they're not true. And also the mention of satanic rituals didn't come about until the 1980s during where, where, where all the stories came from during that time, the satanic panic. So that was something that it kind of throws an interesting twist in the story. So it rears its head in, in a lot of different hauntings and in a lot of different locations, but there's not been any evidence to support that it occurred here at Bobby Mackey's. One of the great things about the internet these days is that we're able to do this research before we get on location but even then, we still have to stop off in the local area to visit the historical societies and the libraries to gain access to the documentation we're not able to find online. So that's why we travel a lot.
5: So well, when you were there that night, did you guys, did you experience anything? Did you pick up any paranormal activity? What happened?
6: Uh, well, we still have a ton of stuff that we're still going through uh, because it was, a, it was a busy weekend. We had Ashmore Estates that we investigated two nights previously and then we came into Bobby Mackey so it was a big it was a big weekend for us and I've been um, on the road since and uh things have been really up in the air for me because I've now I've I've am still with the same company but I've changed jobs I've changed trucks um <laughs> so it's like I um, you know life has been topsy-turvy along with trying to do all the and of course the Windows 10 thing that crashed my computer I'm still trying to to recover Data from from that whole mess there, but that luckily that didn't affect any of the, the Bobby Mackey footage. But we still have a ton of stuff that we're still going through. Um, we had a few personal experiences. Um, that were were kind of interesting. Um, probably the biggest the the, the biggest issue we had is we had these uh, really mysterious power drains all night long. Um, we put backup battery packs on uh, two of our infrared cameras, and it drained it drained the batteries out before we even got the, the data card full of film. Um, one of the really, really, really neat things that happened is uh, we have a laser grid set up. And Gene, uh, it, it's, it's got one of these little like rubber clamps so you have to squeeze it or open it in order to put the, the unit into it. And we were standing across the bar down by the dance floor and we could hear we could hear something flip and click. And Gene says, my laser grid went off offline." So we walked to the other end of the bar and there it was laying down on the base of the, the, the knee wall, hmm. uh, pointed in the wrong direction, um, out of the clip.
4: And, and that and- railing is a two by four that's turned vertically. So for it to come out of the clip, it would have, if it had, malfunctioned in some way it would have fallen to the floor but this was it came out of the clip and was laying perfectly on that two by four
6: so 180 degrees the wrong way
4: (laughs) and we couldn't get it to turn back on after that too um we tried setting it back up and it just would not turn back on it had brand new batteries in it once we left i went to test it to find out if maybe the fall had dislodged a, a bulb or something i maybe it was broken but after we left it fired right up it turned right on and i actually tested it to see if it was loose batteries i couldn't get it to turn back off and i left it on for over an hour and it stayed bright so we don't know what was playing with that wow
6: that was an interesting little little toy there Um,
4: We did have um, the DVR system set up. We have a portable DVR that it's actually on wheels. We wheel it in, plug it in. It's got a monitor on it and we deploy the cameras. Um, It's quick and easy to set up, but the DVR system, it's running off of electricity. And just like Ed said, a lot of the the battery operated devices were draining. At one point, the DVR system just shut down for no reason. Um, And it, booted back up and while we were making while we were checking it to find out if it was all right and if it was still recording the alarms in the building went off oh, and weird. thankfully angie um from gatekeeper paranormal she was outside and i ran and i got her and i said the alarm is going off <laughs> she came inside and she went to shut it off and it turned itself off wow. so, and the
6: switch wasn't the switch wasn't flipped
4: we were having just equipment failures and, and equipment malfunctions all night.
6: Yep. And then one of the, one, one of the most amazing things that happened to DVR I was, I was on monitor duty at, at one point, Cindy and, and Jean were off. And um, another part of the, I think they were, they, you guys were in the basement.
4: No, we were actually in the old kitchen right near where the laser oh,
6: grid. Okay. Was. All right. And um, now, I am not well, I don't get excited about orbs at all uh, because most of, 97% of them can be explained as natural phenomenon. Um, and and I will admit that it could have been just operator error. I could have looked away, but I actually got surprised at one time that an orb, a good-sized orb, just like all of a sudden appeared on was camera number three, right in front of the camera, just popped up. And, of course, um, it caught me by surprise, so I jumped up and started yelling on the, on, the, <laughs> on the walkie-talkie to the girls to get them to go in there. And then I watched it fade out and disappear. So I don't know what, uh, if anything has come up on the analysis with that yet or not, because that was pretty far into the night.
4: Yeah, and I didn't uh-huh. see that on, because um, we have reviewed a lot of the video evidence and sound evidence um, from my equipment. We've got, of course, um, we've got two teams worth of equipment going at one time. Um, But that one, if it's the one that I saw, then it, I honestly, now I'm not a fan of orbs. Orbs to me are not a sign of paranormal activity. They're environmental. Um, And that's actually, they're very, very rare. Uh, Not as rare as people believe that a lot of times what they call orbs on TV are dust, moisture, bugs, Uh, just some kind of particulate floating around in the air that catches the IR light. But if it is, I think we're talking about the same one, there was some kind of ball that showed up and it actually floated down in a perfect, almost a perfectly straight line before it disappeared. Um, I don't know. It didn't act like dust. I don't know what it was. It, it could have actually, I mean, my first thought was that it was a spider, because they did say there's a lot of spiders there. My first thought was that it was a spider that was hanging from a web in front of the camera. And the camera just wasn't able to focus on it. That's what I, I really think it was. But yes, there, there definitely was something very bright, brighter than all the other dust and bugs that we had been getting that night. And it didn't float with the current like the, the dust
6: was. And then there was the one that shot all the way across the screen on camera four, The self-illuminating one.
4: I think that was a bug. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what areas were they in? I'm sorry? What areas were your orbs in?
6: Those um, were down in the basement.
1: Okay, because we caught one orb all night long. Like, we didn't get any bugs or dust. I, we probably got dust, but the, the brightest orb we got was coming out of this back room by the, the stairs. And you see that coming out really fast towards us. And then there's a shadow that comes out of the other room and we see it in mer's camera but we don't she doesn't have it on like how do i explain this you don't
0: see it on my camera you see it on the live photo that jack took while he was standing behind me you see it in my camera in that picture okay so yeah it's it was it was weird
6: so the picture of the camera picked it up the, but The, the camera picture of the camera view screen yes, shows
0: it? Yes.
6: But so when the, you review the footage, it doesn't show it.
0: Correct.
4: Uh-huh. <laughs> we actually cool. had a similar instance. Um, while my mother and I, because my mother travels with me, she's a retired detective. So she's, she's an asset on these investigations. Um, she was in the old kitchen area, which is the platform behind the dining area with the big long table, Um, we were sitting back there doing an EVP session and Ed actually yelled out to us, heads up, I see a shadow coming from the stage heading in your direction. And we had a camera on the stage pointing towards the back and he, he saw that and we went back and we looked. Now he's seeing it through the DVR screen, but when we went back and looked, we couldn't see it. So, I mean, Very similar to what you're you're saying where you saw it through the view screen but it didn't record yeah it was it was bizarre and it was
6: it was it was definitely a a humanoid shape shadow moving towards the two girls and like you know of course i'm not going to let them get surprised i i I made sure that they knew it was coming but i was hoping that that was going to show up on the dvr
4: (laughs) i really was too i was looking forward to that
6: yeah Hmm.
5: Now, so somebody who's watching this on um, Facebook Live wants to know if in all of your research, if you have any thoughts on the alleged significance of the Licking River flowing north and being in that same area, did you guys come across any of that information? No, now, one thing that I have heard, and this is
4: not an official source, I think it was word of mouth, um, but I haven't found anything in documentation to support it was that the North flowing river holds significance in satanic rituals. Mm
5: -hmm.
4: I have not found anything about that. I haven't even, I haven't even found reports of satanic practice in that area. So that's the only thing I know of.
0: We know not much. Well,
4: I, I, I I try to keep an open mind about those things, you know, just because I haven't found a record of it doesn't mean it didn't happen, but at the same time, that's why we do the research to, to report the facts. So
1: your research sounds a lot like Laura Rollins, who was a co-founder of Gatekeeper Paranormal. So she was with us before the other Gatekeeper Paranormal was with you guys. Um, so your guys' stories line up so similarly, except I did not know about it blowing up. Yeah. she did mention the, the hot spot. <laughs> um, and she did not mention the Bluegrass in, but everything else is so similar. So it just, it really validates that, that story for me.
4: There That building has been through so much over the years. It it used to have a hotel, um, the area where you walk down from the parking lot and go into the basement there there used to be a hotel there. Um, and that's, that was in use from the times that it was the bluegrass Inn. at one point it was called the spot. It's been called the Latin quarter, the primrose country club. Um, and It was actually once uh the hard rock cafe which is no relation to the major chain but it was a very violent biker bar and that hotel area burnt down uh supposedly from arson in 1978 and that's when it was already bobby mackey's um now there's also a lot of seismic activity in the area Um, Bobby Mackey at one point purchased the area next door where the parking lot is now. There used to be a cafe there. He demolished the cafe with the intention of building a new Bobby Mackey music world on that spot so that he didn't have to shut down the current one while construction was underway. Unfortunately, a 200 foot long crack in the ground that led all the way to the river Um, I'm sorry, it might have been 200 yards, not feet. (laughs) But it led all the way to the Licking River, opened up in the parking lot, and they deemed it unsafe to build. So that area is actually active with seismic activity, Um, not to mention the EMF and the infrasound that we picked up in the building. There's a lot of more scientifical, sci- scientific <laughs> explanation. That's a new word. There we um, go. <laughs> there's a lot of scientific explanations for some of the phenomenon that's happening, but at the same time, we really did have experiences there that we're not able to explain. And that that's really what we're,
0: we're there for. So in any of your research, have you come across, um, any thing that would explain why they built Bobby Mackey's around an existing house structure did you notice that in the basement it was like
4: I did that was actually John Pop's house um and he ran it that's when it was the bluegrass Inn. it was built on top and he actually ran the bluegrass Inn. so now why it was done that way I have no idea unless it was his idea to expand upon his property Because it was his home, and then he built, the the Bluegrass Inn was built on top of it, and he managed the Bluegrass Inn.
6: And still lived in the house.
4: Right. Mm. So that's that's my assumption, is that it was his idea. So the Bluegrass Inn
0: actually burnt down as well. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and in the basement, you can see, I assume that it's so many bullet holes all over the walls i mean it you can just when you walk through that you there's so much evidence of the violence that took place there
6: well there's still modern bullet holes there they're the, the buildings still get shot at to this day um <laughs> wow there's people stand out in the parking lot take five shots at the at the at the basement for you know fear reasons
3: <laughs> talk about <laughs> provoking
4: ghosts
6: yeah if when, that
4: doesn't stir them up, nothing will yeah. <laughs>
6: That's true. When, when we went on our tour before we actually set up our equipment, there were, there were three bullet holes that were in the door and uh, the girl that we were with, I don't remember her name, but she told us that those were actually new holes, new bullet holes from mm-hmm. not too mm-hmm. long ago.
4: Wow. Now I'm, I'm actually with you on the basement too. The basement, we, we had a lot of personal experiences up on the main floor. We didn't have anything on the basement we, uh, Ed and I were down there for, I think about an hour and yeah. we really didn't have a lot of personal experiences, nothing around the well, nothing in, um, what they call the, the cell the, the cell or the jail. Um, but that's actually where the majority of my evidence came in. Um, we had recordings that came in. We had, uh, I know you said you didn't hear any children, but we got a recording that sounds like a little kid's
0: voice giggling um
4: the dressing well, room
0: I
1: can't explain right we love to compare the
0: laugh <laughs> we do have a weird laugh that we picked up that we're not sure it belongs to any of us
6: yeah I still haven't gone over my uh my audio recording yet so this is we're just talking about just what's on jeans equipment wow
3: now, Jean, a few minutes ago, did you have an actual human get up off of your couch? And then I was pretty sure I saw an actual person. get up. I wanted to make sure that wasn't like, you know, Buck or somebody following you home.
4: No, actually, I've been for I, I have been forbidden from bringing anybody home. Um. <laughs> I, I've actually been told that he's gonna um, hose me off with holy water in the in the, the front lawn before I come in from any of my investigations. <laughs> um, no, that was my husband. He's the Para Atlas Engineering team, so he he listens into a lot of the podcasts because it it helps to it helps us both to get an idea of what people need from our research. Oh, good. So I like that. Para Atlas is actually going to be um, not just a not just a a website, but we're building an application that's going to be the online resource for enthusiasts and professionals in the field. Hmm. Uh, So he's, he listens in on all this to help, help get him acclimated to what we do because he's a diehard skeptic. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I
3: just wanted to make sure it was an actual human and
4: (laughs) he's
6: probably telling he's the grand. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Gina, I'm, I'm curious, how does um, the experience that you had at Bobby Mackey's, how does that compare with some of the other haunted locations that you've investigated? I, I'm just curious as to if you ever really go in somewhere and think, holy moly, this is the real deal, you know, unlike, I mean, it seems like maybe Bobby Mackey's is kind of so-so on that front. I'm just curious about some of your other experiences.
6: I think your girls kind of wore everybody out at Bobby Mackey's.
4: it was actually very mild. Um, but I also consider it a huge success. A lot of what we do, the whole point of what we do is to find, we do believe that paranormal activity is happening all around us. We're looking for a scientific explanation for it. We're looking to, um, define a ghost because people ask us all the time, do you believe in ghosts? Well, you can't answer that until you define a ghost. Um, So that's actually what we do. And at Bobby Mackey's, it was very successful in that aspect where we were able to explain a lot of the claims that they had. But as far as other places I've been, I have, um, I think the craziest I've probably been to was uh, Moon River Brewing Company in Savannah, Georgia. That is, I've been there, I've been there twice with uh, Savannah Afterlife Tours. And uh, Ryan Dunn of Savannah Afterlife, he does a fantastic job in his research and with his um, his investigations. And that place is just, it was nonstop. We heard voices, we caught scents. We had a chair move right in front of us where nobody was near it so the moon river brewing company is by far the most active um we've also done fort myers cemetery we we were the first and only team so far that's done fort myers cemetery in fort myers florida uh the oldest cemetery in south florida and we thought we had that one debunked until two of our team members saw somebody walk right in between ed and i oh that's great and Ed and I didn't see it, nope. but two team members from Basecamp were watching us walk away, and they and and they saw somebody approach us and walk right in between us. Two two oh. different people. Wow, or two different so, two different
6: two different angles.
4: Right, and so there's a there's a lot of places that I leave scratching my head. I was pleasantly surprised to get a few voices and EVPs out of our evidence review from Bobby Mackey's, but for the most part, we were able to explain a lot of it away.
0: So you I guys... know- Oh, sorry, go ahead, Sara. Do you guys get scared?
6: Uh, I get concerned every once in a while. Um, like, uh, you know, Gene just brought up Fort Myer Cemetery. Our, the first time that we went there, we, were, we had just gotten done doing a, uh, a ghost box session down in the, in the children's section. And we, we had a phenomenal experience down there. We got like 17 different voices and names came through on the spirit box. So we started working southward along the roadway, checking out headstones, trying to identify names with what we heard. And we turned and we saw a, uh, a black mass in the next section over and we took off running to catch up to it to see if we could figure out what it was. And as soon as we got to the edge of the one blacktop, I got completely overwhelmed with, uh, 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 overwhelmed with a feeling of sadness. I actually put me to my knees and I started sobbing wow, uncontrollably. And, but I still tried to carry on an EVP session and, uh, it hung on for probably about two and a half minutes while we tried to, tried to, to film. We couldn't get the the cameras wouldn't record anything. We, we The only thing we caught was audio on it. Um, we went back and we found it again, but this time it didn't take us, it didn't take me by surprise. We, I, I actually felt it coming on. So we, we tried to work with it a little bit more, but, you know, things like that get a little concerning. The shadow at Bobby Mackey's when it moved towards the girls, I mean, you know, it's just like um anytime you're in a room full of strangers you don't know what that one person is going to do you know spirits are the same way you don't know what that one person that one person is going to do so you know it's it's always it's always uh an element of concern not really fear and of course then there's a really fun ones so uh like for instance uh I had walked into the, the, the bull riding room and I was sitting in the back corner shooting the camera, trying to pick up on the guy that was supposed to lean against the, uh, the pool table. Yeah. And Gene wow. come walking down the hallway from the command center, scared the crap out of me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, he's, I, I didn't know he was, because the reason I walked out there is because we heard, we were in base camp and we heard footsteps overhead. And I thought Ed had gone up to Carl Lawson's apartment but then I saw something also in the bullroom. So I went walking out there and I saw Ed. I scared him. He scared me. And then I said, wait a minute, then who's upstairs? <laughs>
6: <laughs> so who
5: was upstairs? We, we never had gone. a
6: chance to go upstairs to investigate. Uh, it was it was the end of our we were going to go up there. We had every intention of going up there, but we never, we never, we, we up ran
4: there. out of time. It's you're between the equipment set up and, and, and the investigation there's um, I think it's a, a five or six hour investigation that you get. Um, and then you got to take like everything that.
6: back down again.
4: Yeah. Mm. So we, we were up there very briefly and it was, it was creepy and uncomfortable, but I think that's because it was stale and musty and you could see that somebody had lived there and you know what that what he went through so but it we, was we, we, we did, did
6: record nothing. on the tour up there though right we just didn't investigate up there
1: that's where doug hensley author of hell's gate told us to go in or that's where he said the most activity was but we weren't a lot up there because it was too hot or something. and we
4: were we were also concerned about the stairs <laughs> <laughs> um the stairs are very first of all they're narrow they're a little bit uneven and you can tell they're old so that was a concern of ours too and actually i mean janet Mackey fell down those stairs mm-hmm. so she she claims that she was pushed so it was it was just something that we weren't real comfortable doing in the dark <laughs> yeah i think so- they
3: also said there's asbestos up there so <laughs>
0: lovely asbestos. So I know you joked about your husband hosing you down with holy water, but do you guys do anything to protect yourselves physically or spiritually before you go and investigate a place? Most of us do. Um, we,
4: like Ed said earlier, we all have varying beliefs and I actually have, um, I'm, I'm a practicing Wiccan. I have been my whole life, um, which is kind of strange because normally we're more spiritual, but I'm very scientific. Um, but I do, I do make sure I have, I've actually traveled with a case of, um, I call tools. I have sage, I have crystals, I have uh, basically a cleansing kit. And I also have my pinnacle tattooed right on me. So I'm, I'm never leave home without it. <laughs> So I, I have, um, I, I think a lot like Ed, I'm very sensitive to this stuff. And that's actually why I got into the field because things were happening to me and around me that I needed an explanation for. So now I do especially take measures to protect, to protect myself. And, and I think Ed does too.
6: So I always look for a tree. <laughs> why is that? Uh, all right, this sounds kind of corny, and every time we have we have tagalongs and I tell them about it, that they, they crack up laughing, but I, I tell anybody that's on an investigation with us, if you get feeling to where you're overwhelmed, you can't take the pressure, go outside, find a tree, and hug it. Yep. And the reason why you do this is the tree will actually draw the energy out of you down to the roots, in the ground, and away from you. Um, it's... it's um, I don't know whether it's a wicked belief or what it is, but it's an ancient belief it has been around forever, but you know, it's, it's a surefire way that if you feel like you're being, if you feel like you're being possessed or you're losing control, go outside, hug a tree and you're good.
5: Have you ever left an investigation before you planned to leave because it was just becoming a little bit too much, whether you were going to find a tree or you just couldn't stand (laughs) to be in there anymore?
6: Have I? No, I've, I've gone out, I've hugged a tree and gone back in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I I I don't give up. I, uh, I constantly go back in. I constantly ask the question. I always want to find the answer. And um, I've never run into a situation that's been, well, except when I was a kid, but, um, but I, as an adult, I've never run into a situation where I couldn't maintain some semblance of control over it.
4: I've, I know I haven't, um, I'm, I think my curiosity overwhelms my fear. Uh, I grew up in a haunted house, so I'm just kind of used to things going weird around me. Um, so no, and I know you asked earlier, you know, if we're ever afraid, I am not afraid of the paranormal. Um, again, I'm, I'm just more curious. I, I don't want to miss out on an opportunity to learn something Now, bugs are a different story. Um, The basement (laughs) of Bobby Mackey's had had spiders. And uh, actually we were in a room, at at Moon River it was, Um, we were in um, a room where they stored the yeast and we were doing an EVP session. And somebody said they saw a shadow move behind me. And somebody else said, oh no, it was just a roach. Oh. Well, I didn't move when they said there was a shadow behind me, but I high-tailed it out of there when they told me <laughs> I, was gone. I was like, nope, nope. Who, okay. I'll leave the recorder. You guys can leave your message. Beep. And I was gone. I,
2: I feel like you just read my soapbox from our, our previous episode because I'm the exact same, way. The exact Are same you? way. And I have a question from my fellow sirens. Um, every one of you said that uh, you're not possessed. I'm just curious as to how do you know? what's the proof that. I don't claim that I don't know yeah, you did. well also, I suggested married murdered TC did you say I mean how do you know for sure you're not possessed I mean I didn't I didn't realize that was part of our homework to determine whether we were possessed or not and okay. I haven't done that homework but how do you know you're not possessed
0: I just know that I'm not any more erratic or unpredictable than i was before i went to bobby Mackey's.
3: (laughs) i just said as far as i know i'm
2: not possessed
1: i don't think you would know
2: i know i I mean how do you how do so gene question how do you know if you're possessed and do you believe in possession is that a thing
4: i actually i do not believe in possession um i do know a lot of people talk of demons there Demons and along with that, angels are a religious concept. And so I think your belief system may label certain things as demonic or angelic, whereas other beliefs just call it positive and negative energy. And just like, just like people, there's positive and negative people. There's also positive and negative energy. Now, when you're around somebody who's negative, you tend to start picking that up, but they can affect your mood. Mm -hmm. And that's because that energy is surrounding you. So I think it's the same with these negative areas. A lot of people come in there, they have negative thoughts. Uh, Like you mentioned earlier, they try provoking, they, they yell, they, they get rowdy. Um, Now, one of the most famous possessions to happen there was of course, Carl Lawson. Well, what a lot of people don't realize is that he worked there and lived there before it was Bobby Mackey's. So he lived there a very long time. And when we were there, we found very high levels of what's called infrasound, which is low frequency noise. It's something that your human ears cannot hear and it can cause long-term exposure to that can cause a, uh, a disease. Um, it's called, uh, uh, vibro, I'm sorry. It's called, there's a disease that's, it's <laughs> caused by, prolonged exposure to infrasound and people who are in the music industry and in the restaurant or bar industries tend to suffer from it the most because they're constantly around equipment that generates noise. And at Bobby Mackey's, you have that everywhere. You have the coolers, the fridges, the neon signs and the audio equipment. So I think what happened with Carl was that he was exposed to this for years and it can cause neurological damage. It can cause even cardiovascular damage and respiratory damage. It can cause depression, aggression, irritability, mania. Parts,
6: in extreme cases.
4: Yes. And, and even stroke. So I think that that's probably, and, and there were a lot of people who suspected that he had, and he even displayed symptoms of either schizophrenia or some form of mania. So I, I think that's what that was. And, um,
6: and then you pile course, it up with the EMF.
4: Right. And, the other case study is Zach Baggins, and he's not a reliable case study. Um, <laughs> he gets possessed everywhere he goes. Uh, uh, but something oh, we have. Poor Zach. <laughs> well, I no, not poor Zach. No, he's, I, he's, I was
0: being very. facetious. <laughs> 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 um,
4: but something we need uh. to remember about the shows that you see on TV is that. Especially Ghost Adventures, it's the longest-running paranormal TV show because it's entertaining, and that's what they have to maintain. They have to maintain a level of entertainment. They have to stay intriguing. People tune in to see is Zach going to get possessed tonight? Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, So there's a, and also their their research and their findings have been very unreliable. Um, he supposedly made contact with Johanna. He made contact with Pearl Bryan and Scott Jackson, um, people that. I think he made contact with who he was told was there. So I I don't find that a reliable case study, but, um, but I think Carl's was probably something, uh, related to his mental health, probably from exposure to Bobby Mackey's
5: itself. So this, the, the place you mentioned in Savannah, Georgia, moon river brewing company, is that a place where anyone can go and do the paranormal tours? Absolutely. There's several
4: paranormal tours that go there. Um, I know James Caskey runs a uh, one that's very well based on history. Um, James Caskey and Ryan Dunn are both great historians, great researchers. Uh, James Caskey does a haunted pub crawl. And Ryan Dunn of Savannah Afterlife, he does, he not only takes his tours there and talks about them, but also twice a year, he has access to Moon River overnight. So you can investigate with him. And I do highly recommend getting in on that. Um, but also, even if you just want to stop by for an hour or so, it's a live brewery and it's a great restaurant. The food is phenomenal. And if you ask, if you ask them to, they'll take you into the basement and they'll take you up upstairs into what was once the city hotel. It's been completely unre- renovated since it was a hotel. It was Savannah's first hotel. And they, they cannot renovate it because of the activity it it chases all the contractors out really? so i do wow. highly recommend it
5: <laughs> one of our uh, watchers just said nope on the overnight <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, were you guys able to get to uh the first hotel in ohio golden lamb
4: no but it no. came very highly recommended Yes. A lot of people kept telling us to go there but when we left Bobby Mackey's it was I think four almost five o'clock in the morning. Oh wow. Yeah. So and and we were headed
1: south so I got two questions for you guys before we have to let you go. Okay. One do you recommend paranormal investigation for everyone? No. No. Okay (laughs) if somebody does see something what should they do should they report it to you guys like what how should they go about that
6: well if if somebody sees something that they suspect is paranormal uh the first thing they need to do is they need to they need to record it some way either write a note take a picture capture it on video you know pick up your cell phone you know and 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 try to capture it um remain calm it's like please everybody yeah and that's the word The worst thing, especially like with with Bigfoot sightings, is everybody gets all excited and they start shaking their camera all over the place instead of trying to focus on on the subject. Um, Stay calm, focus on it, try to capture some sort of evidence. Um, You can contact us, contact you girls, you know, contact any legitimate paranormal investigation team and ask them to look at what you have and and to talk you through it.
4: And don't be offended by what we say. I've had people get angry at capturing capturing a lens flare, and when I point out it's a lens flare, they've become aggressive. Um, it's what we do. Uh, not just what is the definition of paranormal is anything that's outside of our recognized reality. So what's paranormal to you is not going to be paranormal to us, and that's what we do. We search for scientific explanations to the activity that's being experienced in order to set it aside from what really is happening. Um, There really is paranormal activity that science is not able to explain, but we have to separate it from what science is able to
6: explain. And then we we need to get a consensus on it. So where everybody agrees that it's the same thing happening for the same reason. And we have some measurable means to identify what it is. And then we can start getting into saying, now we have evidence. Otherwise, all we got is great, um uh, what what's what's my favorite word there? <laughs> uh too data, many miles yeah. already today. Um it's, it's compelling data. It's not evidence, it's compelling data. Um until we get all the compel, or until we can gather all the compelling data together and we can come to a consensus on it as a community, we're not gonna have any evidence. So that's that's our biggest goal is to is to create that 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 compelling data. And make sure that everybody agrees on what we're seeing. And that we have some some measurable punitive definition behind it.
5: Yeah, you just mentioned definition. I was gonna say I do have one last question. Several times you guys have mentioned that we need a definition for ghost. And I wondered if you two have a working definition that you're playing around with that you think is the right definition. I don't yet. I, I have a good idea
4: of what most people mean when they say ghost. They'll say, I saw a ghost. Um, and I, I think the most frequent reference is probably an apparition. A full-bodied apparition is what people think of when they say, I saw a ghost. Um, but even then, there's uh, scientific theories around what they could be seeing. And it's not always the remaining soul of someone who's deceased because there have been apparitions seen of people who are still alive. Hmm. Hmm. So that's, that's where it gets very muddy. That's where it gets very difficult to work with the term ghost. Um, that's why you'll very rarely hear us use it. We use things like um, apparition or disembodied voice or EVP or we, we just General, in general terms, we use the word phenomena a lot.
6: Or, what the heck was that?
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah that, just...
1: that's
4: the clean version. I've got one
6: episode where I, I definitely say, what the heck is that, very loudly. Um, <laughs>
2: If, if you had this, uh, if you happen to, to, if you happened to know a couple that did a really strange thing like get, getting married in a bunch of different places at a lot of different times, is there a really cool haunted place where they should get married where Edward could um, officiate?
0: Oh, Sarah, I am also an ordained minister.
2: FYI. So, um, so we'll be in St. Croix at some point. So that'll be perfect.
4: <laughs> uh, well, the nice thing about what Ed does is that he's mobile. He's all over the place. Right. Um, but I actually, I actually got married at the Marshall house in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, we eloped and we were married on the balcony. Um, and that is, and I, I was actually kicked out of the basement doing an invest my own investigation on my wedding night. Uh, so that's, that's one place. Um, now the nice thing is, is that nearly anywhere you go, you're going to find someplace that has history or someplace that has purported activity. Um, and the internet can help with that, but of, of the most beautiful places, um, there's places in Charleston, South Carolina, There's uh, Savannah, Georgia, of course, the Marshall House is wonderful and they're very accommodating of um, weddings on site. I do highly recommend them. Uh, And then we have St. Augustine is also a wonderful place to have a haunted wedding. And for the more macabre, Sloss Furnace does host events, including weddings, um, and that's in Birmingham, Alabama.
0: (laughs) So you can find some place almost anywhere you go. Well, that I, actually, oh, sorry, were you going to say something else, Ed?
6: I'm trying to find it. There's a place that I want to recommend. Um, I just got to get pulled up on my map here.
1: Well, he's pulling you, up. I have to know do you guys have any compelling evidence of Sasquatch? No. No! We <laughs> oh! <laughs> need to keep there, working there, on was, that.
6: There, was recently, there was recently released a, 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 a cell phone video. That came across on the, the, the Sasquatch Network um, that I've been looking at, and it's it's good, but it's not quite it's not it's not quite as good as the the Patterson Gimli film, um, but it's very similar. They ca- they captured something walking across the stream. It looks like it's carrying a deer. It could be a hunter wearing a ghillie suit. Um, it's hard to it's hard to pull the, the the imaging close enough to really tell if it's if it's a cryptid, or if it's a human being, if it's a hunter,
1: misbehaving. Do you
5: all have, have, do you have footage of your um, your investigation somewhere that people can go and watch? What, we, do you have a website or something?
4: Uh, we have a, well, we do have the website, OTR Paranormal, um, and also um, yeah, our YouTube, YouTube channel. Too. I'm sorry, Ed? Okay.
6: I was just saying our youtube channel
4: yes our youtube channel um we do episodes some not only investigations but also
0: just different historic places that ed gets to stop on his travels very nice well we want to leave our listeners with a challenge this week and that challenge is to find a haunted place in your area maybe do some research about it again there's Plenty of stuff on the internet. And if you have time, go and visit that haunted place. Take some pictures and send them to us or use the hashtag siren soapbox when you post them on the social medias.
6: Thank you. Okay. Oh, the you found place, it? The wedding place, St. James Hotel at Same and Selma, Alabama. The place is crazy with paranormal reports.
2: Hmm. Thank you.
6: (laughs) And it's not it's not very expensive. It's only like seventy-eight dollars a night. And they've got lots of rooms. And the staff loves to talk about everything that's going on there. And that's rare. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. The manager not so much, but she will the the manager will talk about it, but the staff is all the the staff just loves it. They love (laughs) to talk about it.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Ed and Jean. We really loved hearing your stories and all about your research. It's fascinating. Thank you again for spending that time with us. Well, thank you for having us.
6: Yes, thank you for inviting us.
0: Yeah. And thank you to all of you who are watching tonight, or if you're listening to this podcast and maybe head on over to our website, sirensoapbox.com. That's where you'll find the link to our very first YouTube video featuring all of our footage from Hell's Gate. Um, I mean, Bobby Mackey's. (laughs) 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 Until next time, dive in, stay curious and be happy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox, and a special thank you to Sea Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias, and don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.